0: What a joy to be with you today. We've been looking forward to this for a long time. We are just so thrilled with the way God has used this church to just sort of branch out and we've been in some of the other churches that have sort of come out of this church and it's just been a real blessing to us. You know, when I was a kid growing up, one of the greetings was, hey, what you know for sure, and usually our Right response was, oh, not much, you know. And, uh, but it was a typical, what do you know for sure? And I'd like to ask you, what do you know for sure? There are things that you need to know and should know for sure. In Psalm 73, Asaph the psalmist said, Truly God is good. You need to know that for sure because you see satan so often challenges this truth often when things go wrong satan comes along and says well if god is good then how come you know this happened to you or how come and he is challenging the goodness of god so often in our hearts also he challenges the word of god way back in genesis with adam and eve the question in the garden was, hath God said? And this is one of Satan's chief tactics, is attacking, is it truly God's word? Did God say that? And of course, this is really the basis of all of the uh, heresies and uh, false cults and everything else. They always come attacking the word of God and when they begin to sort of compromise and say, well, uh, the Bible is uh, contains the word of God, uh, or, it, you know, well, some of it is the word of God, it immediately takes away the authority of God and puts it upon the man. If I can say, well, you know, you can't really believe that pic- particular scripture, uh, then I become the authority. I tell you which ones you can accept as truly from God and which ones, you know, were inspired by the men who wrote them or whatever. But I become the authority rather than the Bible becoming the authority. And I'll tell you what, if I'm the authority, you're in big trouble. So uh, it's important to have that belief and knowledge. I know for sure that the Bible is the inspired word of God—it is, uh, you know—it is something that you can put your trust in. You can put your faith in. It is God's inspired word. Another attack of, angel, uh, of uh, Satan is the um, deity of Jesus Christ, and this again is one of those basic foundations you need to know for sure that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, sent by God to take our sins, to die in our place, because that's the gospel. And you need to know that for sure. And so these are the things that Satan so often challenges. And so with this Asaph, the psalmist here, he asserts in the beginning, I know that truly God is good. That's foundational. And, you know, when you come up against something that you don't know, it's good to have things that you do know that you can fall back on. And so when you are in this position of questioning or challenging, you can fall back on God is good. That I know. God is truly good to Israel and to such who are of a clean heart. But he goes on to say, as for me, my feet were almost gone. I had well nigh slipped. I know that God is good. But as for me, I was in trouble. I was almost gone. My feet were slipping. And uh, why? Because he got his eyes off of God and onto man. And be careful, Satan is always trying to divert your attention from God unto man. I was envious, he said, at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Now, I know that God is good, and I, I I know that, but yet I'm on a slippery slope because Satan had me looking at the people around me, and I just tried to figure things out, and it didn't really add up. Here I am, wanting to serve God, wanting to please God, and I've got all of these problems Here's this neighbor of mine, wicked, evil man, and he seems to have everything going his way. Doesn't seem to have the same kind of problems I have. And and you try to balance this out in your mind and you run into some real big problems. And, uh, you know, this is exactly where he was in the problems with uh, trying to figure out the the situations that he was facing And and balance it with the fact I know that God is good, but if God is good, how come I'm having this trouble? Back in or down in verse twenty six here of chapter seventy three of Psalms. He said, "My flesh and my heart feel it," and that's probably one of those times when Satan so often comes along and begins to attack us when we are weak physically. You get down physically, and Satan plays dirty. He comes, and he uh, really begins to challenge your faith and and really begins to attack you because you're too weak oftentimes to respond. And so it sounds like maybe the fellow had heart trouble, heart and flesh failing him, and Satan has got him there on the ropes and really... Uh, challenging him, and so uh, this is when you look around and you say, you know, I'm so sick and I'm so weak and I can hardly get out of bed. And here my neighbor, uh, you know, he just seems to have such a, you know, he's strong as an ox and just so healthy, never seems to be sick. Here I am going through financial difficulties and this wicked, evil a neighbor of mine, so wicked, so evil, and the guy just won the lottery. Can you believe that, you know? And here I'm just struggling and having such a difficult time. And and you try to, you know, these are the things that Satan so often just uses to play games with our minds to seek us to sort of challenge. Does it really pay to serve God? And does it? Is it really, you know... Am I doing the right thing in trying to please God? And so he goes on to describe uh, the wicked and the uh, prosperity of the wicked. He goes on to describe it here in the uh, 73rd chapter of Psalms. And uh, I want you to note as he is describing it, what he is describing is not true. Yet Satan isn't opposed to telling lies. I hope you know that. Uh, He is called the father of all lies. And so he isn't opposed to stretching the truth. And so he is now building his case. And be careful when you start listening to Satan as he builds his cases because Oftentimes he starts out with things that you can observe and you say yeah that's right, oh yeah that's right yeah that's right. You get your head nodding like this and then he throws in some kind of a lie but your head is nodding he says yeah yeah you know but you just are you know you're assenting to something that really isn't true. But he said there are no bands in their death. Their strength is firm. That's not always true. I've (laughs) <laughs> of course, it visited in so many retirement homes and all, uh, and uh, you know, so many of our people uh, in the old elder years, they uh, end up in a retirement home or uh, in a uh, convalescent hospital. And uh, you see, <laughs> I, I've seen this, and it just is it just, an, an anomaly, I can't really understand. But you see these Sweet-looking little old ladies with their gray hair and all, and uh, you go up to greet them, and and they begin to curse like a drunken sailor. I mean, they're just, and it is so in. Appropriate, you know. I mean, you think you know, sweet little godly grandmother uh, type of woman, and you listen to the filth that comes out of their mouth, and you think, "Whoa, wait a minute here," you know. And and so their strength is not always firm until death, you know. I mean, they oftentimes are in a convalescent hospital or whatever, and they have a, a regular kind of a, you know, death. I mean, it doesn't. Uh, There are bands in their death, and the psalmist is wrong in declaring that, and their strength isn't always firm. Uh, It says, they are not in trouble uh, as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Now, do you think that's true, that the wicked are not in trouble as other men? Have you ever visited uh, the prisons? Uh, They're in a lot of trouble. Uh, And uh, yet, you see, Satan is making an argument and uh, it it is just one that you've got to be careful. Don't listen to him because he stretches the truth or he twists the truth and uh, he can uh, have you believing a lie if you will listen to him. But he said, because of this, pride compasses them about like a chain and violence covers them like a garment. And their eyes bulge out with fatness, and they have more than their heart could wish. And yet, they are corrupt. They speak wickedly. Concerning oppression, they speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, their tongue walks through the earth, and their people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And, and so he's observing now the wicked. Now, here's one of Satan's tactics. Get your eyes off of the Lord and get your eyes on the world around you. And and you can really get confused trying to understand uh, the things and uh, as they go on. And so uh, here is the wicked. Uh, they uh, just seem to have a full cup rung out to them. And yet they are so blasphemous. They say, How does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? And and they speak contemptuously concerning God. And he said, Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world, and they only increase in riches. So it makes it look like the wicked really have it made, and, you know, the uh, one who tries to live the right kind of a life, has all kinds of problems, and so it doesn't really pay to serve God. And that's exactly where Satan was seeking to bring him to the thought, it doesn't really pay to be honest, it doesn't really pay to serve God to live the right kind of a life. And so he is pretty much got him where he wants him. And he said, for all day long, well actually verse 13 is, is the conclusion that Satan was seeking to bring him to. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain, and I've washed my hands in innocency. It doesn't pay to be good. It doesn't pay to serve God. I've washed my hands in innocency. I've cleansed my heart in vain. And that's exactly where Satan was seeking to bring him from the beginning, to bring him to this false conclusion as far as serving God. And uh, Satan has him where he wants him in this conclusion that he makes. But we read and read on uh, For all day long I've been plagued, I've chastened every morning. And if I speak thus, behold, I should offend against the children generation of thy children, but when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. When I was in junior high school, uh, one day, as I rode my bike to school, we had a closed campus, and once you came on the campus, you couldn't leave, and so until the school was out but uh, my friends were outside of the gate, and they said... Chuck, we've been waiting for you to arrive. We've decided we're going to ditch today and we're going to go to Santa Barbara. We're going to hitchhike up to Santa Barbara and we waited for you so you could go with us. I had never ditched a day in my life. And I, I didn't, you know, I enjoyed school and it didn't, you know, but peer pressure does a strange thing to you, you know. And all your buddies there saying, you know, come on, go with us, you know, we waited for you, and so... I, we (laughs) rode our bikes out to the Ventura River Bridge and we uh, parked them under the bridge and got up and put our thumbs out, you know, to try to get a ride to Santa Barbara. And my buddies, most of them got a ride, but here I was still standing, my thumb out and cars going. They didn't, in those days, there was a car every three or four minutes. I mean, now, you know, busy, yeah. Oh, but when I was just there holding out, And after a while, I got to thinking, you know, if I have this hard a time getting to Santa Barbara, uh, trying to get home from Santa Barbara could be a real problem, because I have to deliver my paper route this afternoon. And so I finally just decided to get my bike from under the bridge, and I rode my bike back to the newspaper office to wait for the presses to run so I could get my newspapers. And... That was the most boring, miserable day of my junior high school experience. Waiting for those presses to run all day long, just sitting there with nothing to do. And I thought, oh, I wish I were back in school today, you know, but it was just a miserable experience. So the next day, you go to school, you have to go to the attendance office because you were absent. And so you fill out the attendance card and where it says, reason for absence, I just put ditched. (laughs) That was the truth. I knew it would be ten demerits, but I had a lot of extra merits, so I didn't uh, really mind the ten demerits, and I figured, you know, they'll just send me back to class. But instead, her eyes got big, and she... Uh, looked at it again, and she said, just a minute, wait here. And she went in and got the vice principal. And he came out and invited me into his office and started lecturing me and uh, called my parents, had them come down, and, you know, and it made a big deal over it. And uh, <laughs> my buddies that went with me uh, and talked me into going, you know, they put, had a cold or sick or whatever, they got right back into class, no problems. Now, to a kid in junior high school, what does that tell you? I'll tell you what it told me. It doesn't pay to tell the truth. Just a little bit of a lie. You could have said, well, you know, I was, had a headache or something, and you could have got back into school with no problems. But because you told the truth, Look at all of the grief and all that they're giving to you just for telling the truth. And that's basically where the psalmist was. Trying to live the right kind of a life. Trying to do the right thing and it seemed like he was troubled all day long and here the wicked, they just seem to have everything going their way and it doesn't really pay to serve God. So Satan has him where he wants him, drawing these wrong conclusions, but then the situation changed. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. There are some things, you know, you just can't really uh, think them through. They're just too painful. But he said, until I went into the sanctuary of God, and then I understood their end. This morning you've gathered into the sanctuary of God. I don't know what kind of problems you may be facing or have faced this week. I don't know the hassles that Satan may have put you through this week or the conclusions. He's tried to help you to draw the wrong conclusions. But maybe you just sort of barely made it in today. You just sort of really had a rough week and things you know, didn't go well at all and you're just sort of in the place of Asaph when he is writing this psalm. As he went into the sanctuary of God, then he said, I understood their end. What happened in the sanctuary of God? He got a new perspective on life. And that's the purpose of coming into the sanctuary of God, to get a new perspective, the true perspective of life. And That's what we pray will happen for you today. If you've come today with trials and difficulties and really questions and you find yourself just almost just dragging into the sanctuary, we pray that while you're here today, God will bring to you a new perspective and see things from a different perspective. To see them from the eternal perspective. Until I went into the sanctuary of God and then I understood their end. I thought I was in slippery places, but surely you did set them in slippery places, and you'll cast them down to destruction. They will be brought into desolation in a moment, and they are utterly consumed with terrors. And as a dream when one awakes, O oh Lord, when you awake you will despise their image. And so he is seeing things now from a totally Different perspective. These people, though they may have it here in the world, yet they're just on a slippery slope, and in any moment they could pass into eternity, into a godless eternity apart from God, and uh, you begin now to feel sorry for the wicked rather than, in the beginning, envious of the wicked. Now you pity them for the future that they have. Thus my heart was grieved, he said. I was pricked in my reins. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was as a beast before you. And with the beast, you know, there is no future. Uh, But uh, I was like that. I didn't consider beyond the grave anything. And uh, thus I was just like a beast in my thoughts and in my uh, perspective of looking at things because he now begins to see what he does have. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. You hold me by my right hand. I like it. It doesn't say I hold you with my right hand, but you hold me with your right hand. Big difference. When my two daughters were living in Vista, Kay and I used to go every Uh, Monday, which was my day off, we'd drive down to uh, Vista, to Oceanside, and uh, we would pick up our daughters with their children, and we would drive to the uh, mall, and I would leave off my daughters and my wife, and I had the children for the day, and I always just love this. I'm so wild about children, and so... Uh, we would head off for uh, Chuck E. Cheese. And I think that that's probably one of the first words most of them spoke was Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, They'd get in the car and they'd say, Chuck E. Cheese, Grandpa, Chuck E. Cheese. And so we would go to Chuck E. Cheese and I'd get a roll of coins and and we'd go to the table and we'd divide them up so each got a stack of coins. And then I turned them loose to run uh, through the Chuck E. Cheese. do all the rides and so forth and I would order the pizza and then they'd come back we'd eat pizza and then they'd say Toys R Us and uh, (laughs) it was in the same mall but across the parking lot from the mall Uh, so uh, we would walk from Chuck E. Cheese to Toys R Us but as we were going through uh, the parking mall I would not say let hold grandpa's hand sweetheart I would say let grandpa hold your hand. Should a car come around the corner and I need to pull them out of the path of danger I didn't want them holding my hand. I knew that they could lose their grip but I knew that if I were holding their hand I could pull them away from danger. And I'm glad that God didn't say hold on to my hand son but God says I'm holding on to your hand because when danger arises He can pull me out of the danger that is there. And what a joy, what a blessing. As the psalmist said, you hold me by my right hand. And so he goes on, you will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me into glory. All of this and heaven, too, I mean, at the end of the road, into glory, what a life. I mean, how can you beat this? And I just uh, looked at this psalm, and I just love it, because he really puts things in perspective, seeing it from the eternal perspective, and what a difference it makes. And so he goes on to say, Whom am I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth I desire beside thee, And though my flesh and my heart fails, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So, you know, (laughs) rather than being envious of the wicked, I pity the wicked. And surely they should be envious of me, a child of the king, holding me by the hand, leading me home to his glory. And, you know, the best of life and then eternity with him, how can you beat it? And so, lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. You have destroyed all of those that go a-whoring from thee. And he concludes, it is good for me to draw near to God, and I've put my trust in the Lord God that I might declare all thy works. Good for me to put my trust in God, and I will declare his works uh, you know, to uh, and so really, this is where it's all out uh, and all about is that putting my trust in the Lord, drawing near to Him, putting my trust in Him, and then to go out and to tell others about Him. And so here we've come today to draw near to the Lord. That's the purpose of our being here today, that we might get a a, a true view of life, see life in the proper perspective. Get the broader view. See the eternal view. Look at the eternal values and realize how blessed we are and what we have and then to go from here and to share the truth of Jesus Christ with the world around us that is in such a desperate need. So I've put my trust in Him that I might declare His good works to those around me. So, good to draw near to God. Thank you for listening to Get Fed Today. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Chuck Smith. If you enjoy the message, you can access more of Pastor Chuck's teaching ministry by visiting PastorChuck.org.